This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And tonight we are welcoming Kate Fagan to our podcast. Pam, how did you feel the interview went? It was fantastic. She is amazing. She's so cool. She was so much fun. All the things that I thought that she was listening to her on the show is exactly who she is. It was super fun. Like, I feel like we're friends now. Yeah, she was so down to earth and just personable. And it was like, no awkward moments. She was she was good going back and forth with us. What do you think, Steak? No, she was awesome. That was really cool. Um, I lost my grandma to ALS. So that was like touching, you know. Um, the only thing, man, I don't think she properly rated my shoes at all. So that, that was the shocker right there. I I thought those shoes were like a lock for number one. That's but, an eleven out of ten. These shoes are. But I see what she's saying. They are kind of clunky. They give me fucking blisters too. So I feel you on that. It's like the second time I ever worn them. <laughs> I wore them just for her, just to get that low rating. How embarrassing! <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. Wait, you, you wore shoes? You wore shoes just for a podcast guest? Yeah, shoot, yeah. Why am I work, man? I can't bring my whole shoe closet with me to work, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I just gotta, you know, these are my favorite ones. He'll appreciate these. These are the most expensive pair. So let's just rock them to work. Oh, so you wore the shoes that you had to take off of your foot to show her on Zoom. Yeah, so I'm sitting in a conference room in my socks recording a podcast while I'm getting paid. <laughs> All right, I lose. How are we going? Jeanette, what about you? How'd you feel everything went tonight? I think we covered, it seemed like just about everything in there. There was a lot of, um, there was laughs, there was, uh, you know, seriousness in her story and, you know, uh, her book that's coming out that's dedicated to her dad uh, coming out May 18th. Um, and she's just an incredibly delightful funny, intelligent, and strong woman. And I think people are going to get to, are going to enjoy getting to know her a lot better as we did. So Kate, like I said, she's an influencer. So team Kate all the way. Morgan, your voice sounds amazing. I'm sorry. sorry. No, it sounds so good. Yeah, Morgan is definitely the MVP. She's coming in here with like the Jordan flu game and she killed it. Yeah, seriously, she fucking killed it. I actually do have the flu. I, I feel like I should be on um, RuPaul's Drag Race right now. Like I, but I don't. But I don't have any of like the actual talent that those people do that. But I have the shoe collection. That's all. You're a volume shooter, Morgan. I am a volume shooter. Yes. Oh, I get it. Shoes.
some booze. No, no booze. <laughs> Only cheers for you, Kate. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. So, I'm Ant, Ask Dino on Twitter, and tonight we'd like to welcome Kate Fagan to our podcast. So, Kate, we're going to start off with some of your bona fides. You've got, uh, you've got a lot to your resume here, working in ESPN, Philadelphia Inquirer. Your third book's about to come out in a couple of weeks. They can pre-order it on the Village Bookseller. Thanks so, for that. Hey, hey we want to make sure, uh, you know, we do right by you since you're joining us and doing right by us. And, you know, also you're a New York Times bestseller with your second book. So, I mean, we're, we're very excited to have you on our podcast. I'm very happy to be here and to meet some fans of the show that I'm a fan of. So let's do it. Awesome. So we're going to start off by uh, going around the horn with um, a little shoot talk. Okay. So uh, I think some people on this podcast would like to show you their shoes and get your opinion. Um, Jeanette, you want to start us off? Oh, well, okay. Okay. Before we start, is sure. Jeanette starting because y'all think she's got the best shoes? Like, are we, are we, are we flexing? Like, are we flexing at the top with the strongest? How are we doing it? We, we have no clue, but Jeanette is generally just better than us at everything that is communication and life. So we expect it to be better. We have no idea what's going to happen, but Jeanette's just better than us at everything she does. Wow. This is some intense pressure and heat. So I may make diamonds. Um, who knows? Hold the line, Hold on. <laughs> so Kate, what I bring to you today is a reflection of my love and adoration for a woman who is known by one name and one name only. And when she walks, she shakes the earth. That is Beyonce. So I present to you, please bear with me because I'm bad with the camera, the um, forum mid um, flashing lights. All right. Um, from the latest Ivy Park collection. Mm. So right Did you there. get that in a special box and did you unpack it on social media for the people? Uh, no, I have like a follower count of 30 on Instagram and pretty much everywhere I'm at. <laughs> so it would mean absolutely nothing to anybody for me to go to such great lengths <laughs> to show my love for Beyonce, except for Pam and Morgan from Australia. Uh, but I did do like a mini photo shoot with the shoes. I'm not very much um, like look at me and my pictures. I just show the merchandise. The shoes is the merchandise I'm talking about. So that's what I was focusing on. It's like promoting her, her stuff, which really she doesn't need me to do that because she does it way better than I ever could. <laughs> I like so, those. Those, are, those. I mean, the Ivy Park, that's a tough get. You got people climbing all over themselves trying to get that. Yeah, we we we'll slay anybody for Beyonce. We're, we're, <laughs> we're in the, we're in the high. We're part of the Bay High. We're loud and strong and very present. Nice. So the question that I had for you was uh, this week while listening to Sarah Spain on that which she said, um, she said that she's kind of in a dilemma where she is going to remodel two of her bathrooms and she is looking for a very specific wallpaper to put in them, which is a Jordan brand wallpaper that she saw mm -hmm. at an empanada restaurant. So my question for you would be, if you were redoing your shoe closet or any room in your house for that matter, would you want this wallpaper or would you go with a different uh, brand shoe brand to put in your house? Okay, so 
Sarah Spain actually came over to our house here in Charleston. And we had this conversation about the Jordan wallpaper. And I feel that it was sparked by the wallpaper that's currently in my bathroom down here. So the question, so, so the, the question on the table is about my shoe closet. I actually think I have the most fire wallpaper that exists. So I guess, I mean, this isn't great for your podcast audience, but I'm going to walk us over to here and yes. we're going to see this wallpaper. Okay. Absolutely. We're gonna, yeah. We'll say hi to the pups, even though again, not good for the audio, but Jeanette, right. describe this scene by scene, Jeanette. Yeah. You're going to have to do a Dan here. <laughs> We're walking through Kate's house. It is a beautiful house. She has very cute dogs, everybody. Sorry. She's now turning on the light. And yep. I'm guessing this is the shoe closet. No, this is a bathroom. Oh, but I'm sorry. This is a this is the half bath downstairs. But I feel really strongly about this wallpaper. Can we see who this is? That's Biggie, right? That's Biggie. Nice. Yes. So it's in the wow. style of like a French, whatever the word is, we can all pretend to know it. Twelve. So it looks like it's going to be fancy. But then when you zoom in, you got Biggie and then you have the Brooklyn train and then you have the Brooklyn bridge. So anyway, that is my journey for you. So to answer your question, sort of, I think I would probably put that wallpaper in my shoe closet as well. I feel like that wallpaper is fire and I feel like Sarah Spain was inspired by us. No doubt. No, uh, doubt. When I, no, I know that you're like a very, you know, you're an influencer. So you're on that level. So when people look at Kate Fagan, it's put like, it well, on the, put it on the Twitter poll. <laughs> it's going to be our 100%, our first 100%. Kate right. Fagan is an influencer. So Thank you. I may just redo my own bathroom, every room in my house, and just throw a biggie everywhere. Just put wherever you can put biggie, you know you're winning. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kate. Thanks, Jeanette. All right. And before we get off Jeanette, you got a you got a rating for her shoes. Oh, um, I'm I'm gonna give them uh, I'm gonna give them an I'm gonna go to the decimals here, so I'm giving them an eight point two. Okay. Eight point two, because. I don't know. Do you feel good about this, Jeanette? I'm not sure if you're happy about this. Yes. It, you know, um, I can, you can tell me the deductions later. I'm pretty sure I get at least a <laughs> 0.27 because I've worn them like three times and that's got to be like super bad for them. I mean, I, I applaud wearing them. I think you should always be wearing them. The, the, the deduction, well, you know what, we'll get into that offline, you know, Thank uh, you. we'll, we'll yes. get through the critique there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Kate. So next, we're going to throw it over to Steak. Hey, Kate. Thank you for joining us. Um, the same way uh, Beyonce feels, I mean, Jeanette feels about Beyonce, I feel about the guys in the shipping container. So I got these custom Air Force Ones. Ooh. Shipping container. We got Roy here, King Roy with the Panthers logo. Yeah. Got Billy. Got Mike. Got Chris Cody with the donut. What do you think? All right. Um, I'm giving those, I mean, I got to go personal style here. So I'm giving those a 7.5, Oh, a little, sorry. I mean, Jeanette, you're, you're, you got to feel good, Jeanette. You're feeling good. 
I'm more likely to wear Jeanette's. I appreciate the like individual individuality of those, but I don't love air. Those were Air Force Ones, right? Air Force highs. Yeah. 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 Those feel too chunky for me, but I thought is steak shattered. Uh, this is in the chat. Yeah. I, I am shattered. But seven point five <laughs> is really good. You I'm feeling bad now. This is the only pair of Air Force Ones I've ever owned. Dude, what do you use? Air Max nineties. Okay, I, I'm feeling. I, this is a lot of pressure for me here. I did, I thought steak. I thought I thought you know what steaks coming across is coming across is like super tough. So I mean the steak sauce name. There's like he's going to be cool with whatever number I give him. And now I'm feeling badly about this. You know what? I'm okay. I'll take it up with the designer. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Joel Greenspan. I'm coming for you. Um, my question for you is, um, I dunked a basketball in eighth grade and it's still one of my like top five accomplishments. Um, you're obviously more successful than I am. Um, but where does the uh, free throw record rank? I think you made, what was it? 60 something in a row in college? Yeah. Um, that's really good research by you uh, into. <laughs> I mean, we, we, like, we got to be honest, how, how impressive are, is free throws in the grand scheme of things? I mean, it's it is good. I think I feel like Stu Gotts would love to have that record and talk about it all the time. But nobody guards you. Um, you don't have to be very fast to do it. So I, I feel like in my personal history. I, I'm really proud of it, but I think generally speaking, I have an embarrassment about it because it's the thing that you do when nobody guards you. So <laughs> it shows a lot okay. of mental toughness though. It's, That's it's right. I'm the this is a positive crowd. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, of course. I mean, it's not like you hit 60 in one game. You've got to go different games, different days. You're ha some days you're having a bad day or, you know, you hit your thumb against the wall. There's so many reasons why I, I still think it's a really good record because of the longevity of, of doing it over, you know, such a long amount of time. You're um, right. I think it it actually took place over something like almost three months. So for three straight months, I didn't miss a free throw in a game because I would only shoot like two to three a game. So you're right. And you know what? You got it. When, when you're getting older, you have to think that your accomplishments were better and better and not worse and worse. So I got to start taking up that mantra. Well, especially you mentioned Stu. I mean, still to talked about his three point record from, from high school out on uh, out on Long Island, which, you know, none of us believed to begin with stuff. So. And we can't verify it, yeah. right? So. <laughs> so next we gonna go out to Lou, if he's ready. Hello. Up, I am Luke? ready now. Uh, I'm not going to show you my shoe game because I don't have one, and I'm wearing I'm wearing sandals. Sorry, so. So Greg, go to uh, us then. <laughs> yeah, very, yes, minus the the disgusting feet. <laughs> so my question is: now that we're starting to finally start seeing more and more females in coaching roles in men's sports, uh, what do you think the long term impact of the style of play is going to be down the road? Hmm. You know, I don't really think there's going to be a huge change in the style of play, because I do think that at least a lot of the, the women I know who are assistant coaches in the NBA, they're doing more acclimating to the NBA and being absorbed by the NBA style and culture than they're necessarily changing the style and culture of the NBA. So I think I think what 
the the women who are in the NBA now, to me, the impact that they're going to have most is on the the like the trajectory of the NBA in terms of the things that it's doing in the social spaces and making mm-hmm. sure that it's consistently at the forefront. But I, like everything I've seen, and like even the because I've done a couple stories on some of these coaches, I still feel like they're learning they're learning as much from the NBA and the pace and the way that they're defending like pick and rolls versus that they're changing anything. So I feel like they're going to get, I feel like we'd have to ask that question in like 25, 30 years. And we're not going to see like, we're not going to see like a direct change. All right. Thanks Lou. You're going to show us your sandals or what? Come on. Come on. Okay. Lou. That's All right. Yeah. So Bella. this is from Jeff. They're, they're rainbow. They're called rainbow. They're slip, uh, nice. I just got them. They're nice. That, those are pretty cool. I mean, the, your feet aren't in them, so we we don't we don't get the big payoff. But yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. Bye, Lou. So next, we're gonna throw it out to Pam down in Virginia. Hey, Kate. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yeah. Super excited, super nervous. I'm a huge fan. Um, so first, I'll show you my shoes. Uh, like Jeanette said, we are huge members of the Bay Hive. So these were my birthday gift to myself, and they are the Icy Park All Whites. Um, I have worn them twice, and of course, I already got a small scuff because that's how I live my life. So there you go. Feel Is it just me, or do those look massive to everybody? Can we? They're massive. And I don't have massive feet, but they make me like, I'm 5'7", I'm probably 5'10 in these easily. So, yeah. Did you all, did you all see the picture of Biden and, and Jill, Jill and Joe Biden with the Carters? Yes. 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 That's kind of what yes. your shoes were just reminding me of there. Like they, those look like they were way too big for your foot. But. Yeah, and I am kind of like a loud person like larger than life anyway and so when i wear them i feel like a giant yes kind of amazing but also kind of terrifying so mm-hmm. oh i'm being told to hold them up okay so there they are and they're also pointed like which is weird for a tennis shoe they come yeah. to like three, but i actually do really like them so but i'm i'm open to your judgment of them well, I don't think you should play tennis in them for sure. I feel like they're definitely a fashion show. Oh, they weigh a ton. Like you're not wearing those if you need to get somewhere fast. No, no. Um, so Jeanette is still my leader. Um, just, just like the vibe of her shoe with the high, I mean, the high top is just more in line with what I want. I, I, I just lean toward that. Those are great. I'm not even going to rank them you know, because everyone else, steak sauce was really upset about that. So I'm going to say Jeanette's still the leader, but I love this. Thank you. And I will take that because we're all second place to Jeanette. Like just know that we know that. So, and I'm happy if anybody says you're second to Jeanette, like that's a win for me. All right. So my question is about shoes more on the shoe topic. Uh, I have debated getting a pair of Jordan one mids or highs. I am terrified because I want to be liked. I'm terrified that people will see me and say, you're too old to be wearing those because I am old. 
but I, I want them anyway. One, is there such a thing as too old? And two, if there's not, what color do you see for me? There's, there's definitely no such thing as too old. Like my, my wife's mom is 78 and we are getting her a pair of Air Jordan once. I love it. So, and, and that's not to say that 78 is the limit. I'm just saying like, yeah. I'm going up that high and feeling strong that Air Jordans, because I feel, I actually feel that the credibility that you get increases with your age. If I see a 19 year old in Air Jordan ones, I'm like, of course you're wearing Air Jordan ones. Cause why wouldn't you? You're a part and you know it and you're in it. And I feel like it's more impressive the older you get to say like, I'm not, I'm not gonna be the person who thinks I'm too old for something. I'm staying cool. I, and plus, isn't Jordan like our generation and your generation, not their generation? Absolutely, yeah. It's like when these, when these kids tell you that like when they're 18 and their favorite show is Friends. And you're like, no, you didn't, you're, you, you weren't born and Friends came out. You don't get Friends. You have to like, the, you can like the OC, but you don't get Friends. Even the OC is old now, I think. I couldn't even come up with one. But, um, and now I forgot your question. I just was talking about Jordan. Oh, what kind you should get? Yeah, which ones? What do I get? So I gotta have at least one follow-up question on that for you. Okay. Do you like, do you, when you do wear tennis shoes, sneak slash sneakers, do you like them to be like crisp and white or do you like them to be a little more colorful? Um, the Icy Parks are one of two pairs of crisp white that I have and everything else is colorful. Hmm. So I'm open. Okay. So I think that you should get uh, the Air Jordan 1 Maya Moore. And it's, it's a really cool Jordan one that she put out. It's got her little logo on the tongue and everybody, I mean, well, not everybody, but I think Maya Moore, Maya Moore is really cool. So there's that. And it's a Navy base with like a fuchsia tongue. And it's, it's a really good, simple combo while still like taking a dabble into the, like the kind of cool cultural, cultural area. Nice. I can't tell if I'm douchey or not douchey right now, but okay. <laughs> we'll put it on the poll. Don't worry about it. Okay, cool. <laughs> and they're on um, StockX, which I spend quite a bit of time on. So that's yeah. perfect. They're pretty rare. They're like, they shouldn't be that expensive. They should only be like, uh, if you can find them, like 100, 130, 140. They just don't come on that often, but they're pretty cool. That's amazing. Thank you so much. You got it. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. So we're going to continue down the shoot talk for a second, because um, one of my things I was going to ask you is I wanted to start a GoFundMe for Greg Cody, 
to get him a pair of Jordans. And then unbeknownst to me, Juju jumped in and got him a pair of shoes. So yeah. I want to know if you were to get Greg Cody a pair of shoes, what would you, yeah. what would you look to put in it? Well, so I don't love the shoes that they got him on the show. I wouldn't wear those shoes. Wait, Eminem, Fleminem, do you agree? Do you not agree? A- absolutely. Like, why would you give low tops to somebody with non-hem jeans? Like, you, you can't do that to somebody with jeans that aren't hem. <laughs> Go high top, at least try to play it off. It was a horrible choice. Yes. And maybe the, the, under, like, the whole problem was just Greg Cody was never going to be vibing with whatever pair of shoes that you put on. His body might have rejected them like it might an organ if you tried to put it in him. You know, you just don't know. But um, I so I definitely would not have gotten him the shoes that they got him. But I love Juju. So I'm like, I'll talk to him on the side about that. Um, I would definitely I just lean. I would definitely get Greg Cody a pair of Jordan Jordan ones because I think it's I think it's the silhouette that will work for the most people. It works for the most outfits and a lot of other things like an Air Max or the, what he was wearing. You have to be very specific about like whatever sweat pant you're wearing or it's got to be tapered. So I would get him an Air Jordan one and I would get him a very simple Air Jordan one, just like a, a black and white Air Jordan one. All right. I'm not sure he'd ever wear it, but they'd be entombed in that. Yeah. And so now I'm going to go away from all this Nike stuff for a second and show you my shoes, uh, which uh, I'm a big Adidas and Puma fan. And these are some of my favorites. Actually, I have a buddy, a little bromance with that. We bought the same shoes together. So uh, these are one of my favorites that I have. Uh, just, a, you know, basic three-stripe Adidas, bright yellow, because I like color. I like as much as I can uh, sort of get. So... Uh, Oh, yeah, be, be I, worst. I can get with those because I, I before I started wearing Nikes, I would wear a lot of those those Adidas's. So that's a throwback for me to like early two thousands. So I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna rank them against Jeanette's, but I'm just gonna appreciate them for the category that they are. That's okay, thank you. And they're Samas, which is one of my favorite shoes. Going back to you know even back to high school, wearing them for playing soccer or whatever else. So. Cool. Thank you. So now we're going to throw it out to Jeff out in the West Coast. Hey, Kate. It's Jeff uh, from the OC, actually, Um, (laughs) which perhaps speaks to um, the shoe issue I am having, which is that. (laughs) Thank you, Jeanette. Um, No. So I was always just like, you know, Van Slip-Ons guy, right? So I've tried to step it up a little bit, but I'm still keeping it within my neck of the woods. What I have here is um, some suede Pumas that are kind of skate shoes, but it's my effort at stepping it up and being a little bit more adventurous. Well, Jeff, you're actually going to win my heart here because suede Pumas are actually the sneaker that my dad bought me before he got sick. And I chair like I have them in my closet. I don't wear them. I, I, they, but they anybody who shows me a suede, they, they will always win. So you are you're definitely number one right now on that. All right. Um, <laughs> They're pretty cool. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. It's, it. Like I said, it's just it's my effort at having something that's not crushingly boring. 
But um, anyway, uh, I had a basketball question for you, um, which is, you know, if you're kind of sitting around and talking with friends or whatever, and you're like, well, this is what my game was like back in the day. Um, and you're always, you're always picking out a player or two, right? You're like, well, I was kind of like this guy or kind of like this girl. So who are the players that you would compare your game to um, either now or back when you were playing? Okay. I, if I do this, let me make clear that I don't think that everyone I'm going to mention was definitely incredibly way better than I was, right? Because the only comparison that could make sense to you is somebody I say that you're going to know. So we're we're going to assume that they're like a hundred times better. Listen, I wore number twenty because of Gary Payton. I wasn't Gary Payton. It's all good. Well, I wore number three for John Starks, and I will talk about John Starks anytime anyone wants to talk about John Starks. And I am obsessed with John Starks. I'm going to make sure that we get him on the show at some point, just because why shouldn't John Starks be talked to repeatedly? But I would say probably Ray Allen would be the closest comparison I can think of that would make sense because everybody who plays in the NBA today, I think can do way more things. And Ray Allen could, and he kind of like straddled that line, but it's hard to compare any guard now because they just, the game has just evolved so much. And I did a lot less of the things every NBA player can now do. But Ray Allen was obviously the shooting and he was really good at a lot of things, but not great really at anything other than shooting. That's kind of my layman's, but obviously he was awesome. So that's my comparison that I would make. Right Humble. Fake humbling. Yes. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And thank you for liking my shoes. I you feel got better it. about myself. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> I'm getting happier and happier here. You talk, I mean, I'm from Brooklyn. You're talking about Biggie. You're talking about Starks. I'm a Knicks fan. So this is like, you know, you're my sister, Kate. I'm, yeah, we I'm can a, go I'm, 96 I'm all day long. Oh, let's do it. And I don't care what Dan says. I don't care what anyone on the show says. 90s basketball was so enjoyable. I, I loved it. I love I loved the, the hard fouls and all that stuff. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, for Knicks fans, 90s basketball was the only thing that was enjoyable of the last 30 years. Yes. This is true. Yeah. This is true. So next, we're going to throw it out to Allie. Go ahead, Hi, Allie. Hi. So my shoes are just the basic Jordan 1 mids, the pink shadow. I've only <laughs> worn them twice because they give me blisters. So <laughs> they're like barely creased or anything. I know I probably just need better socks, but I'm just not tough and can't handle blisters. Yeah. Well, you. I've gotten a couple of Jordan 1s for my wife, Catherine, and she feels the same way. She wears them, and then she's like, how do you wear these all the time? So... I get it. Is that your only pair of Jordan ones? It is right now. I, I am currently bidding on a pair of Jordan threes. Like currently, like right team. now? Oh yeah. Like They're while only this podcast, you're bidding on the sneakers. Yes. Okay. Yes, the, like the retro UNC, like the, with the elephant print, the white with the, with the Carolina blue, they're like $250. So I haven't won a shoe yet on either sneakers or on StockX. I bought these ones for like $115. Yeah. It's, what do you mean yeah. you you always, you put a bid in and no one accepts it? No, like I bid on the low, the Jordan low or one lows, the South Beach ones, the dark teal with the pink on them. 
yeah. and I bid them. I outbid everybody and they still didn't accept it. I guess because some are going for $300 and I bid like 170 and they still didn't take it. Well, <laughs> it's awful. I can't win. Yeah. If, I mean, if the last sale was 300 and you bid one bid 170, you're probably not going to win it. Yeah. I have commitment issues too. So that's also a problem. <laughs> but uh, my question involves Crocs. If you're familiar with the shoe Crocs. So they have these things called gibbets, which are basically like charm bracelets, but for your shoe, they're like pegs that go on the shoe to like accent your interest or your personality. So my question to you is, if you hypothetically had a pair of Crocs, what gibbets would you put on your shoe? I, I would never hypothetically have a pair of Crocs. There, <laughs> there's, there's just no, in all of the multiverse and all of the planets, I, there is no version of me that has Crocs. So, but I did once have the, one of those charm bracelets you know, you built and they had the, and I had an Irish flag and then a French flag and um, a Donald Duck because I love Donald Duck. So uh, those are some of the things, but I, but, I, but, but, but no, I wouldn't, uh, no crux. That's okay. Thanks, Kate. <laughs> I'm so curious what the Irish or the French think about Donald Duck right now. Like, was he, <laughs> right. was he impinging upon the emblems of this? <laughs> well, I, I Donald Duck is my favorite cartoon in all of the languages. So, wow, I, Kate, you're, you continue to shock me over and over again. Yes. By, by, <laughs> Donald Duck's my character too. I hate how much press only Mickey gets, and Donald is like at this point, like I mean, why has he not had his own spinoff? I mean, he's Frasier to Ted Danson, and yet. He would probably have a more successful run, Donald Duck, if he really got the limelight, but he's this been- is true. <laughs> so next, I'm gonna throw it out to Beep if he's uh, ready for his questions. Hey, Kate, thanks a lot for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. Um, when I was back in the Navy, I was actually stationed there in Charleston, um, actually in uh, Goose Creek, South Carolina, so just north of Charleston. Um, if you were making- a vacation guide, what are top three things that you have to do when visiting Charleston? Well, Chris Cody's coming down to Charleston next week. I made him, I made him a food guide, not an overall guide, but the number one restaurant to go to is Husk. Not because I think it's the best restaurant, but it, it's the, the restaurant that has been on chef's table. And so if you've been on Chef's Table on Netflix, then that's the, re the restaurant that you have to recommend. So I guess Husk would be a recommendation. Why are you, why are you doing that to me? Oh, no. My, my wife is disputing from across the room my selection of Husk. On What's this a recommendation? He's What's welcome a recommendation? to join. Yeah, no. he, he just thinks Husk is a tourist trap. And she's offended that I've included it on this. And we've never eaten there. We've also never eaten there. So. Kate, you just recommended, <laughs> Kate, you just yeah. recommended a place you've never been to. Never Any been. Place. We did have play. a burger at the bar. We the had the burger at the bar. is strong in her. Yes. <laughs> so does that, do, am I disqualified from making the rest of the list? Absolutely not. I could, there's another, there's a bird sanctuary that I've never been to, but people tell me it's beautiful. It's like 25 minutes outside of, out of town. You go there 
the birds are there and so are the animals and that's a beautiful place. So I've got husk and I've got the bird sanctuary. And then also, um, what does my wife think? What? Hampton Park, Hampton Park. Yes, Hampton Park in Charleston is beautiful. And there's a lot of uh, Civil War history there. Yeah. So you can learn a lot while you walk. This is the best endorsement for a place I've ever heard. Is it the best or the worst? The top three places to go that Kate's never been. You heard it here first. You can see birds and you can go to a park. That's why you'd come here. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Kate. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks. So next, we're going to go to our one of our two foreign correspondents, Schweitz up in Canada. How you doing, Kate? I have uh, some nice New Balance here. <laughs> Very used. The uh, 990s version 5. I've been wearing uh, a version of the 990s for the last 10 years. What, what version did you start on? Uh, version 2, I think. And I just buy every time I, I just buy whatever is available, the next one. But you let all the poor schmucks do version 1. You weren't going to you weren't going to mess around with version 1, right? They were recommended to me by a foot doctor. So by, the, by that time, they were already done with version one. Yeah, good. So you got so the, I, I out on the prime one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, my question to you, now that you've spent time uh, with the Meadowlark guys, gotten to know them a little bit, I was just wondering if you could um, speculate what are some of their hidden talents? So, you know, uh, you know, would you think that Chris is actually like an opera singer? Like what are some of their hidden talents that that you could pick up from their personalities that they haven't shared with anyone? Yeah. Well, I feel like Chris Whittingham could be almost like a vampire in another life. He could be like the like the really high-end lawyer in Netflix series. So I'm just randomly saying that. I'm not sure why I'm saying that. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Um, what other hidden talents? I've only, so far I've only spent four days with them in person. So I feel, I feel like I'm, I spent most time with Chris Whittingham, which is why I apparently think he's a, a vampire in a like Victorian drama. Um, that's pretty much the only one I can come up with because the other, the other guys I don't know well enough. Okay. I I'm I mean, does everybody know how tall Dan is in person? Is that a thing that we all already know? Okay, because I didn't know, and then I was pretty shocked. It's the reverse of every famous person you ever see in person when they're really, really tall. Well, what are, what are some of your hidden talents? Hmm. My number one hidden talent is that I can talk like Donald Duck. Yeah. Limited fake. Let's go. I, I can't say words that you'll understand, but I can talk like Donald Duck. So the first thing I'll say is Donald Duck, and I'll say Donald Duck in Donald Duck talk. All right. Holy. It kind of sounded like Donald Duck, right? Absolutely. It, absolutely. I could say other things, but it's really hard to keep my diction in, in any way. Like I could say like, I'll say something, but you won't know what it is. You don't know what I said, but I said John Starks is my favorite player. So 
if I were going to voice Donald Duck, I would need a lot of coaching and work because I can't articulate anything, but that's my hidden talent. And my wife thinks I'm crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Both of those things can be true. It's okay. (laughs) Next, we're going to go out to Fleming M. If he's, uh, oh, wait, he's, uh, he's doing daddy duty. Let's give him a moment. No, it's okay. Literally, good job hosting there, Ant. Appreciate you. Just throwing it to me as it kids on my lap. Um, wrong with that. No, it's all good. Kate, appreciate you joining. Um, not going to do the shoe talk, although here's my shoe. is the uh, limited need for speed Puma also, but the high octanes, mm. which had limited release. And I did low top just because everybody else did Puma, but uh, you can hate them. You can love them. I think Jeanette's going to win this game, if not Jeff for so i feel just very mediocre at this point and vulnerable so <laughs> here it is uh judge these shoes no. uh, we'll wait for the score at the end my question is actually obviously you took a break from the industry for more important things in life when you came back um, and i don't know if it was metal arc that was the initial comeback and excuse my ignorance if it wasn't what was kind of like the state of mind where you knew, okay, I, I'm ready emotionally, mentally to get back into this. And what was the decision into where you were going to go? Because obviously you were well-established. I imagine your options were not limited. So walk me through the mind state of that whole process. Yeah, oh, that's a good question. Um, I really wasn't planning on coming back and doing anything specific in sports media. It was only when I heard that Dan was leaving ESPN and that he was teaming up with Skipper that I thought, oh, they could be doing something that actually would make me care about sports again. Because when I was at ESPN, I never did, I never went down to Miami. And one of the reasons I didn't was because I was doing stuff with like outside the lines and E60. And I thought that what happened in Miami would like undermine that. And a lot of people at sometimes at ESPN thought that, you know, it was like, you can't, you can't do outside the lines and then like go put on a shark costume, you know? Um, So I didn't, so I never really got to experience what was happening down at Dan's show, but I noticed that every woman who went down and did the show like Mina and Sarah that they felt like they were able to be a version of themselves that they never could be elsewhere and I'd never gotten to experience that so when Dan left ESPN and then Skipper was a part of it and I realized that I could do sports in a way where it didn't feel like you always had to just be have a take and be an expert and you know in the same way that you were feeling vulnerable showing your pumas I would often feel that way because, because I, I, I felt like I had to say the right thing and I had to be on top of everything all the time. And it was really, it was a, it was really eye opening to realize I could do it in a way where I could be myself. And so that was the reason that I wanted to be a part of metal art. I didn't think I'd want to really be a part of anything again, formal, but given how cool those guys are and how fun it is, I just never had fun before doing that's the stuff before. So it was kind of a no brainer to be able to try to see if I could be like a better version of myself than I was able to be at ESPN. So, and, and thank you for the answer. And I, I don't want to throw it back to Ant too soon, but 
so you weren't even sure if you were coming back into this industry until metal art became a thing. And then you kind of just saw a lane that felt comfortable enough for you to yeah. not. Yeah. I wasn't trying to like get back on radio or I was actually actively like I'd said no to lots of stuff, but I, I'd never been able to be like Dan, Dan, as you all know, cause you listen to the show all the time. He wants you to be who you are. And that's okay if you're wrong sometimes and you get made fun of sometimes and it's okay for you to be like fully you. And that, and that had, and I'd never had that before. And I was like, I have to try. Awesome. Um, well, thank you for trying because we're all glad you joined. We're all just I'll trying, it. right? I'll give oh. it back to Ant. Wait, uh, what is, wait, wait, wait. What's the score on my shoe? Oh, oh, you really, you want the score on your shoe? But you said the adorable thing about being vulnerable. I know, I know, but that's just fake humble. I'm the most arrogant person to ever cross a Zoom, so it's okay to just humble me here. You're still, you're still, you're still third behind Jeanette and Jeff here on my scoreboard. Oh. I'll take it. Thanks. <laughs> so, Kate, with all the different stuff you've done, you've got the podcast with your wife, which I forgot to mention earlier. But then you have your books, and now doing stuff with Metal Arc. What's your, what's your do you have a preference on on those mediums on audio versus writing versus you know it's it's definitely audio and writing that are my favorite um i think that there's just a freedom to be who you are in those that doesn't exist when you're on tv like even when we're on this zoom there's something about like having that like seeing even yourself and seeing everyone that all of a sudden you're like trying to act even slightly differently than you might if it were just audio and I, so I think that there's a freedom in audio and in, and then there's a, a separate freedom in writing where you can clearly go back over your thoughts and perfect them in a way that you can't in audio, but audio is the most, like, I think the most honest real version of, 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 of a more like mass consumption medium that we, we do, that we use right now. So those are my two favorite. Okay. And do you, I mean, I don't know, peek behind the curtain. Dan has always seemed to be really loving the radio aspect and not necessarily the podcast aspect of his audio. Do you think they'll be able to get back to a more live radio type of scenario? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, and, and I think having, having, when I was at ESPN, I did the two shows I did the most were Around the Horn and Outside the Lines. And Around the Horn is taped and Outside the Lines is live. And so I, I do understand the, you know, when Dan talks about being live and what that brings, I understand that very clearly because I was always much better when something was live only because your brain knows it's live and there's no net to catch you and your brain responds differently in those moments. Whereas when you did something taped, whether that's podcast or TV, there is a part of your brain that knows that there's a net and you could redo it or you could edit something out. And I think what, and I think there's a benefit to that, but I think what happens is that you're not quite as sharp as you need to be because the net exists. So I, I see that clearly with kind of what Dan talks about between live and the pod. All right. I, I agree. I always thought Dan was very good when he had sort of that, not that the live aspect sort of pushed him exactly, but it just kept him a little more sharp. Um, and I think Dan's very sharp to begin with. So I don't know, yeah. you know, more sharp for me was always 
Yeah. Yeah, he's he's one of the show. I, I don't know how he does even sitting in there. I'm like, man, that what he does is just a level of genius. I would agree. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. So now we're going to go out to down under to Morgan in Australia, our other foreign correspondent. Firstly, hi, Kate. I'm thrilled to be here. Firstly, Schwartz is not a foreign correspondent. He's American who lives in Canada. So <laughs> cut that shit out. Next. How do you really feel, Morgan? Well, that's how I feel. We're not going to confuse anything. Um, Kate, I'm will not have phlegm be on the podium here. I am a volume shooter, so I'm not showing you one shoe. So, <laughs> oh, no, I love it, Morgan. I love you too. Okay. So this, uh, this is my newest shoe. Okay. I like him a lot. Um, he's cool. This was the shoe before him. He's cool. He's cool. And then this one was before him. Okay. Okay. And I, I can stop there because I mean, no, do you have another or are you trying to stop? There? Do I have another? Have yes, I have another. All right, bring the fourth on then. This was before him. Oh. He's, an, he's an Ivy Park platform. Uh, Pam has one of him, I think. Yep. And then we have more um, Ivy Park. Um, okay. These ones. I, I have a problem. Um, <laughs> so for, this is really great for the uh, audio, um, but I just showed it like six shoes. Anyway. Yes. I guess I could, well, we could have been describing them, but they, they oh, were. No, no, I don't. No, I just guess. You can guess what they look like, guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> Imagine they're amazing. It's good. Exactly right. I think you should brains for us. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have a shoe problem. Um, but I wanted to talk to you today um, about something that that means a lot to, well, yeah, that means a lot to me. Um, and that's about your like your fundraising. Um, um, I, I don't know if you want to talk about that. Um, about what um, you experienced with your dad. Yeah. Um, but um, here in Australia, we have one, a really famous uh, footballer who is battling motor neurone disease um, and very publicly doing so and has raised, he set up a charity and has made it really a big thing here. Like, I guess it kind of coincided with like the ice bucket challenge, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and really brought it to the forefront of people's minds. And I think that's been fantastic. And I just wanted you to kind of talk about um, your experience with trying to fundraise for something that is un- under under 
um, which doesn't receive the financial support yeah. that it needs. Yeah. Well, I think um, one of the things that was hard to understand when my dad got ALS and when I started looking at how the country or the world viewed ALS, what was confusing was that it was something like 60% of people di didn't even know ALS was fatal 100% of the time. So there was already this huge messaging issue where if you mentioned, you know, that you're, someone you loved was struggling with it, it was, there was simply confusion about what they were actually dealing with. And then once you actually understand the intensity of the disease and the relentlessness of the disease, you're kind of shocked that there aren't more people trying to figure out a solution because it's almost a philosophical question for humanity of if something like ALS exists and it's likely you won't get it, because it is somewhat rare, but if something really rare is 100% fatal and that devastating, shouldn't we almost treat it with the same kind of urgency as certain diseases that may be more common, but we have a lot of uh, treatments for? And then you wonder, because then you wonder, because it's like, as a human, you don't want to live knowing that you can get something as widespread as something like cancer, but I also don't want to live knowing that something as devastating as ALS exists, even if it's it's limited people. So. That's kind of what I've always, when it comes to ALS, it almost has a messaging problem and an understanding problem. And that leads to a funding problem because as we've seen during this pandemic, if we really want to come up with a vaccine or slash a cure for something, we can do it. I mean, if that energy went into ALS for one year, I'm sure we'd have a viable treatment for it. Um, but that's separate, for, you know, thank you for the platform just to talk about that and then also my dad, the book is about my dad and the book is a love letter to my dad because we grew up and he taught me the game of basketball and our relationship was so founded in the New York Knicks and basketball and sports and being able to write a book about the lessons he taught me through sports that also run parallel to the lessons he taught me in that last year of his life that I got to spend with him. I The book is really it sounds like it could be a, a downer, but it should, it's more of an uplifting, wow, how lucky was I that I had a dad who loved me so much? How lucky was I that I got to tell him that I knew how special he was? Because a lot of us don't get that chance. How lucky was I that I got to spend that time with him? And I think in reading it, I hope, so, I hope people think for relationships in their life that they may be wondering how they should respond and react and behave, that it's an encouragement that showing up is almost never something you'll regret. That's amazing. Um, and if like, if you don't know about ALS and you don't know about MND, like, please research it. It is just harrowing what these people go through and how their lives end. And it shouldn't happen. I don't want it to happen. Please don't aid. It is heartbreaking. I'm so upset to think about it. Um, so if we can like do something good today, let's donate some money. Thanks, guys. Don't buy shoes today. Buy the donate money. Thanks, <laughs> Morgan. Very well said, Morgan. Jeanette, did you want to continue down this topic slightly? Um, it's hard to follow Morgan after she has been so emotive and wonderful in this. So I'm going to do my best. Uh, 
Kate, I know that part of your reason for leaving ESPN was to care and be present for your dad as he went through his battle with ALS, which unfortunately he did lose. He did pass away. So was there ever a point? I'm pretty sure you started off and you're like, I can do this all on my own. I have to do it for my dad. But what was the point or something where you were just saying, I can't do this anymore. As much as I love my dad, I do need extra people to help me, professionals, because I love him so much. I just can't be this, you know, I don't know if selfish is the right word, but I can't carry on on my own and to give him a better quality of life. I need to have others around me to give him care when I may just be a little bit too tired to do it for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, we, thankfully, we, I had my, mo my mom with me the whole time. And thankfully, we had, my dad had grown up in the same area that we lived. And so we had a community, unlike, I think, a, a lot of times you might have in, in a city where you don't get the same generational, like they've been there generations and generations. So mm -hmm. we had, we had so much help along the way that I, I never felt like I was overburdened by it. In fact, I was freed to spend time with him, not feel that I was, you know, doing the, the actual manual labor that comes when someone does have ALS. I was actually in a position where like, I was the one trying to tell him jokes while someone else was doing something that was, you know, more, more like a nurse's job. So I never, I felt throughout, throughout that, that year with him, all I felt was thankful and grateful that everything that I wanted to say, I could say everything I wanted to do with him, I could do. Um, and it was, I mean, obviously it was tough at times, but I never felt like I was alone in it. That's beautiful because um, my mom, when my grandmother had Alzheimer's, one of her biggest guilt was that she could never bring her to the United States so that she could give her one-on-one -on -one care. And just having to hear second half stories of her decline until she passed from complications of Alzheimer's. And it's something that she deals with to this day. And no matter what we tell her, she just feels like she failed her mother. Yeah. And uh, it's a sad thing. And I think when I look at her, I think about it and I know it's a sacrifice that I'm willing to make for her because I love her so much. Yep. So thank you so much for your book. I can't wait to read it and most likely cry for <laughs> a couple of weeks. <laughs> Thanks, Jeanette. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's definitely so hard to lose a parent um, and have to see someone who was your inspiration or was, you know, like you talked about him teaching you basketball and that having that connection and then just seeing someone who begins to fade sort of my dad fought bipolar disorder and Parkinson's. And I remember towards the end, it was just hard to look at someone who used to be so active and doing so much. And we'd go here or there or Yankee games or Nick games or whatever. And he just lost his sort of will to get yeah. off the couch even somewhat. And it's just so, I mean, it's so hard as a kid, even if you're not necessarily young to sort of go through it. So, I mean, I, you know, I think we all can say we have big respect for, for what you did and, and how you've pushed through and how you've sort of, I don't know, not necessarily come out better on the other side necessarily, but fought through it and, and sort of built yourself up and, and, and uh, you know, been able to do all of that. Um, 
Thank Sorry, you. I don't, don't mean to get heavy here. Um, you know. No, and, and to to be an advocate for the research and for the funding and to help other people so it's one less family that has to go through this, maybe not next year, but definitely in the future. And it's going to be in part to your efforts, to your kindness and your humanity. Yeah, finding a cure is, uh, is definitely on everyone's mission list. So transition, um, we're gonna throw it out, to, back Good out luck. to Jeff. <laughs> yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I yeah, so I'm following that. Speaking right. of ALS. I'll go. Uh, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Um, so I just wanna go back to something that you mentioned earlier, which was that, um, when you heard about Dan leaving ESPN and pairing up with Skip, you thought that there, you thought it could be fun. Um, and you know, I, 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 I guess, I mean, this speaks to a little bit why we have this damn podcast. I think there's something about Dan that when he brings people together, he brings like their actual true self out of them, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and you've seen it over and over again where these people go on the show and then all of a sudden they're like comfortable being themselves all of a sudden. So I was just kind of wondering um, if you could speak to like kind of how unique Dan is in that sense from a media standpoint, because I, I, I mean... I think you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but it just, it seems like they're having fun. Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And it's as, as the existence of this podcast also shines a light on it, it probably wouldn't exist if you all didn't know they were having fun and were inspired by the way that their chemistry and whatever the special sauce is gets people's brains to think a little differently and, land on fun ideas in a way they wouldn't if that chemistry didn't exist. So I, I think that is the magic of Dan and, and, and Stugatz and, and the people they bring in. But I think what I've noticed most to the Dan question is that everyone I worked with at ESPN before, sports center hosts, uh, you know, colleagues of whether they were sideline or whatever they were, the goal was to get the content out of you. The, and Dan's goal is to get your soul out of you. <laughs> it's a very different kind of thing. And I think that's what makes the show beautiful is he's not trying to get like the information that exists in you out of you. He's trying to get the love and humanity out of you that sometimes comes with sports and oftentimes comes with something tangential to sports. And I've never seen anyone be able to, to do that better, whether he's doing that consciously the way I just said it or not. I actually would, wouldn't be surprised if he knew that's what he was doing. But, and I think that's what makes it the way it is, is that's what he's trying for. Well, thank you very much for articulating that better than I ever could. But <laughs> um, I, I, exactly, like he's just, he's a unique dude. Appreciate, yeah. appreciate your time. Thank you again. So this has been a little bit of a love fest. I'm going to go back out to Morgan for a second. I think she's got something she wants to uh, talk to you about. 
Um, so like, I don't usually agree with people because I'd like to be contrarian and a bitch. But um, White Claws are trash. Like actual trash <laughs> of a drink. And I don't have many people say that to me, that, that they're trash. So I was like high-fiving you from Australia when I listened to that. I like they came out in Australia, I think, in October last year. I bought a four-pack. I've still got two left because <laughs> they suck. They are so bad. I don't know why you're telling yourself that an inferior product is good. It's not good. It doesn't taste like anything good. Nobody Morgan. likes Morgan, I, you know, I, I could just basically amen you here or we could open up the floor to a potential white claw defender who can pretend to have a position that is indefensible. Please. Step up to get beat down. Right. Yes. I'm gonna agree that they they suck. I'm I'm just gonna go go ahead and agree with you guys up front. I thought that was Mark's, I thought that was Mark's Mark's cue to just defend white If I can jump in a second, I mean, light beer exists for the purpose of it's it's refreshing. It's literally light. It's something you can have a lot of. It feels good on a cold, a warm day, and it's just replacing that. So I think there's always a space for low flavor, refreshing, and that's where that little niche is. I'm in the industry, so I have to say this. So. That, that's okay. cool, but it's a replacement because it's not good. Like yeah. it's a replacement for something that is good, that is preferred. But so stop trying to market it to us and tell us like it's the greatest thing ever. It's not. Imagine if the marketing dollars that went into White Claw went into women's sports. I feel like we'd all fucking love them. We'd love them. We'd. I mean, there's not as much marketing as you think. It, it started, it was very small. So Mike's Hard Lemonade owns White Claw. Um, it was a very small brand they launched and it grew kind of on its own. So there is a literal demand that was, that's there. That's not, it's not a marketing thing. It's people like light things like light beer is still half of all beer sold. Um, so it's just, that's what people like when they drink it. They like very light is that a worldwide stat, Mark, or an American stat? That's uh, shocking I'm, to me. It's Ameri America is about 50% is light beer for beer. That's and you talk amazing. about vodka. Vodka doesn't I'm have not losers. And vodka is 20% of <laughs> liquor sales. So little flavor is a majority of alcohol sales. So this is not a Dude, new phenomenon. I don't like little anything. I don't like little flavor. I don't like little people. Sorry, Flem. Like, I like lots of stuff. Uh, thank I you for the flavor. qualification. Uh, just to save Mark, our most valuable asset, he was not uh, comparing light beers to women's sports. So I just want to make sure that we separate those two <laughs> to save Mark, because if we lose Mark, this podcast ends tomorrow. <laughs> no, it's, I, I, I like women's sports and I like light beer. I like them both. They can coexist. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> well, thank you, Mark, for your... Uh, for your spirited debate and uh spirited that was good very good <laughs> do you have a shooter show kate um you missed our, our shoe showing do you have any um oh, chancletas or some boat yeah shoes i don't know this coating? is going to be a little too much fire <laughs> oh oh jesus yeah, i mean these are a very special dutch designer they only made i think like something like 400 of them They've got a, a fuzzy blue swoosh. They've got a multicolored bottom and a, a blue tongue. And I wear them all the I wear them, I wear them all the time. So 
I can't Ooh. even tell you how many wares they've had. They've had at least 40 wares. I like those all. I have one more shoe to add, and it's because Gojo made me buy it. <laughs> and and I bought it on StockX, and I didn't realize it was in US dollars, and they cost me a really effing lot of money because of that. <laughs> and, and they're an ASIC, which is really annoying to me because I don't even like them. Um, but they're cool, and they're He's Dutch. Yeah. Oh, they're Dutch. Yeah. So they're ASICs, and they're by, uh, designed by Fig, I think. And they're cool, I guess. Not really, but I blame Gojo and I'd like my $450 back because that is a lot of money for nothing. $450. That could get you uh -huh. like 25 cases of White Claw. Exchange. Oh, nice exchange. <laughs> exchange for her up. Hey, $450 bones? Are you shitting me? There's a lot of Target shoes, isn't it, Jeff? Okay, did you wear those shoes uh, pre-podcast? Like you knew what was going to happen and you just stunned on it? So those are just daily beaters. I don't wear these that often. Uh, we just went out to dinner and I it was a like no rain night. And I was like, I'm gonna break out my parapatas. And then I thought, and then I can flex on the on on the show too. So <laughs> yeah, it was a huge flex. I was like, well, flex wait embarrass us. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're showing all of these shoes for an hour straight, and she's wearing uh the King of Kings. I love that. It's like she's holding pocket aces the whole time and just sitting there like Stone cold fact. <laughs> and she's got the game face on it. Make you think all your shoes are, are hot. That's right. <laughs> so we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to go out to Lou. He's got a little something special to, uh, to show you. All right, Kate. So since uh, June 2nd is Lou Gehrig's day, uh, we came up with a gift for you tonight. Uh, we have a special custom hat for you. That's awesome. Do I get it? Absolutely. You get NFT, it. is it like a, is it a digital hat? Yeah. It's not a digital, oh. it's not a digital. I was actually, what, what I was doing in the background, why I was actually really distracted tonight is I, I was actually making this hat for you as we were what? talking tonight. Oh, that's awesome. I will, I will be wearing that. I will rep that. And then also, Katie, I don't know if, if you're okay with this, uh, we would like to sell it and all the profits, we'll send it off to it, uh, your charity of your that's choice. That's even better. Yeah, let's okay. do it. All right, cool. Yeah. I will. Uh, so for everybody listening, hopefully I will have this up onto our website, uh, shop.loweraftehours.com, and you'll be able to buy this hat uh, and all the proceeds will go to the ALS Foundation. Is there a specific one that you would like us to donate to? Yeah, I am ALS. Fantastic. Well, thanks. Thank you so oh, much for joining you guys. us. That's I, a beautiful idea. Thank you, Lou. Thanks guys. Whatever, whatever is the easiest. So I probably, I think wherever, whoever, I think you've been communicating with, I mean, deep count. Ooh, gotta beep that. Sorry. Um, hey, can, for you, rare uh, can you type the link to the charity in here? So we yep. can copy it, just to be, make sure that we have it right. Yeah. And oh, if you're in Australia, go to freezemnd.com.au um, to donate. Thanks. And well, this, whoever you're with, just send your address and I'll get this shipped out to you prompt. Yeah, and get a hat. Everyone get a hat. I want a hat. Jeanette wants a hat. We love them. Family wants well, a hat. More importantly, Kate, just make sure you rock the hat on social media and promote us so we can get rich. That's right. <laughs> That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Stu Gotts and everyone. Well, Kate. But uh, are you going to tweet it out, though, right? So I can. Or, yeah. Cool. Absolutely. We will, we will make sure it's out on all our social media platforms and it can get, you know, all the press we can get it so we can get as much donated to the ALS Foundation as we can. Thanks, y'all.
And so, Kate, it's been our pleasure. Thank you very much. Count of three. Yeah, we're going to get a little thank you, Kate, going. One, two, three. Thank you, Kate. 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 My poo was one. Appreciate it. Thanks, y'all. Thank you, Kate. Really appreciate it. We can find you on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Kate Fagan 3, is that correct? Kate Fagan 3, and the 3 is for John Starks. So you won't forget it. Awesome. And then your podcast with your wife? Free cookies. If you like cookies and you want them to be free, you can listen to the podcast. (laughs) And then as I talked about earlier, her new book is coming out May 18th. You can go pre-order it from thevillagebookseller.com. Thanks, y'all. Thank you, Kate. Thanks, Kate. Seriously, appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/slash keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.